This Coach Me Up podcast is powered by our friends at One Country. Every month, One Country members are entered into amazing giveaways that do great stuff. Each giveaway gives back to a great cause because One Country believes that when you get, you give. Visit onecountry.com slash coach to become a member and get your first month free. Again, go to onecountry.com slash coach and experience winning that gives back. Also, our friends at Blue Delta Jeans. They make the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit and hand tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi. One size fits one at bluedeltajeans.com. And by Connexial, the live supply chain company connecting one to all through superb technology and solutions to drive life. Fleet owners and logistics professionals trust Connexial to coach up their drivers, improving safety, cost, and compliance. Visit Connexial.com slash coach for more information. Hey, we are excited. It's another episode of the Coach Me Up podcast. I'm Jimmy Dykes. My co-host is... Chris Burke, and we have a fantastic stud guest with us today, longtime Major League Baseball player and a, a fantastic friend and mentor uh, to Chris Burke, Andy Pettit. Chris, I know that this guy has impacted your life maybe as much as any guy out there when you look back on your walk with the Lord, mm-hmm. and I, I can't wait to hear from him and learn from him today. Yeah, you know, he's got one of the great resumes in Major League Baseball history, five times World Series champion, the winningest pitcher in the history of postseason baseball. Uh, his number is retired by the New York Yankees. It doesn't get much more wow. uh, powerful than that. But w- way above all that, he is uh, one of the finest human beings you'll ever meet and one of the great uh, influencers in my life. So I'm excited for our listeners to get to hear from Andy Pettit. And he is going to coach us up today on what it means to be salt and light wherever God has you. All right, Andy Pettit, I'm so jacked up to get uh, one of my mentors, one of my big brothers uh, on the podcast, one of the men who helped uh, really give me a glimpse as to what it looked like to uh, be a follower of the way, uh, to be a real dude uh, as a worker, as a teammate, and as a competitor. And I will tell you, Jimmy, what I'm excited about having Andy on Most people know that Andy's one of the greatest winners of all time. Five World Series championships, was a part of a three-peat with the Yankees, won four, uh, five titles with the Yankees, four before he left to come to the Astros and lead the Astros to the first ever World Series appearance. Now they're normals in the World Series, but at the time, they had never been. Then he went back and won more more with them just for giggles. Uh, Got the most wins in postseason history. And because of that, he's a sought-after speaker. And did you know, Jimmy Dykes, that this offseason, this summer, I believe, Pet, you went and spoke to the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, he and I are working <laughs> through that. Like, I'm sure, not sure how I feel Challenge about it. Yeah. yeah, it has. There's been a little bit of a rift, and, and but I've, I've given that up to Grace. But, um, Pet, I would actually like to start. It is college football season. We're right here. We're kind of headed down the the wire of college football season. I would love to know, as one of the greatest winners in American sports history, what did you learn, number one, by being around the Georgia Bulldogs program? What did you learn? But then also, what did you what did you teach them about? Yes, I mean, Coach you know, really and truly just, I learned that college football has gone to, to, a, to another level, right? I, I mean, being there uh, for the day, uh, seeing just... I mean, I I did not dream of the magnitude of the facilities, the amount of people, the 
I mean, it's big time. I mean, it's just, it's literally like you're, it's beyond, you know, professional sports, I almost feel like as far as when I think about Yankee Stadium and even our new stadium and just the facilities and the way things were taken care of. I mean, these kids have got it all, right? I mean, just everything is right there for them. Um, just, you know, food everywhere. I mean, and then, of course, and then, of course, you get into the practice and you see the way Coach Smart runs things, right? And and how on top of things that he is, um, it was it was an eye opener for me to to have never have really have been around the the football side of of college sports, especially at at that level. And then, you know, what you know what I was brought in to just talk about was really just talk about winning. You know, talk about um, you know they really weren't focused a whole lot on we got to win another championship. You know, it was like, what do we need to do to be good and to get better and better and better each week? And hopefully we can stay healthy and things, you know, kind of, you know, turn out for us the right way. And, and really just talked about Chris, my, my career, you know, and the things that I had learned, man, team, uh, what that should look like, uh, leadership, you know, what their older guys, the guys that had won national championship the year before, the leadership role that they'll need to take on this team because they had been there, they'd been through it. Um, and then just each week, the battles that you face each week and endure, how that's going to be a stepping stone to get you to where you want to be, you know. So really it was, you know, a 45-minute talk of just kind of going through a laundry list of things that I thought really helped me and that I learned in my career. And and it was it was great. They were wonderful. They were very attentive. Uh, having a baseball guy there, you'd think it'd be like not, you know, not even paying attention to what you're saying. But it was a group of young men that were locked in. And uh, I was very impressed. And I think it's, you're, you're seeing, you know, when you have a group of kids that buy into something and, and, and what they're doing is pretty impressive this year. Pat, I know you were part of the captain series that played this this fall, this summer, this fall, whenever that launched on on ESPN about Jeter and his career and all the accolades that went along with it. Obviously, you were a big part of that, yeah. right? The the core four, you and Rivera and, and uh, Posada and, and Jeter. I don't think many of us, Jimmy, I think you would maybe agree. There was a period of time there in American sports where the Bulls had three-peated twice, right? And you guys three-peated. And it, it I don't know, maybe it, we didn't give you guys your due because you're the Yankees and of course you guys wanted every, you know what I'm saying? But I, I think back at that and I think, man, I, I just feel like as somebody that spent as much time together as you and I did, I don't, I never really ask you about the grind of winning three in a row and yeah. what, four out of five, yeah. right? Three in a row, four out of five. Like as you have so much space away from that now, and obviously you're still part of the Yankees and I'm sure you guys talk about it some, but like, what do you reflect most on being able to do that? The grind of winning, because right, it's yeah. not just being the best yeah. team. There's so much more, right? Three in a row. Yeah, I, like, I mean, it's really hard to put your finger on, you know, how that can happen because you have to have so many things go right, right? I mean, I just like, like you just said, the mm -hmm. best team isn't always going to win. The best team on paper, and you know, we always had just a really good group of of guys. We had great chemistry. I think relationships and chemistry on a team or one of the biggest things 
that go along with it. You know, from the 2005 mm-hmm. team, what we yeah. were able to do with the Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. Not that we, you know, we, we, you, you might as well, we could just say it. We were a little short on talent uh, yeah. compared to a lot of the other teams. But, man, did we have a group of men that loved each other, that rallied around each other and cared for each other. And I think that's that's huge, you know. We had a good nucleus of guys. When I look back at those early Yankee teams, same thing. You know, we just – we had a good nucleus of guys. I was a starting pitcher, right? So I pitched once every fifth day, sometimes come back early and pitch, you know, on my fourth day. So I give a lot, a lot of credit <clears throat> to our position players, to guys like mm-hmm. Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, you know, the guys that were there, uh, George Posada. You know, I say Mo. Mo was obviously the greatest closer uh, ever to play the game. So it was mm-hmm. awesome to always have him closing our games out. But the intensity – that our position player is brought. And obviously Derek being the captain was kind of the, uh, the captain, kind of the leader of that each and every day, you know, just doing it the right way, playing the game the right way, playing hard. He was kind of the catalyst of that and led that. And I think guys looked around and saw, well, man, if this dude's a captain, he can play this hard each and every day. Mm-hmm. Everyone else kind of followed in suit, you know? And so it was, like I said, it was easy for me every fifth day to get up and be ready. And, 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 you know, I, I feel like that, I brought a lot to the dugout in between my starts. You know, I felt like I had a big role on making sure if our guys didn't look like they were up and ready to play that day, that I was there to kind of push them and jab them and grind them, you know, to get them going if if it didn't look like the team was ready to play, you know. And so Mm. I kind of also took that role just as a pitcher. Um, And, you know, I think after you win and win a lot like I did early in my career, you kind of feel comfortable doing that where Mm -hmm. sometimes if you wouldn't have, maybe not quite as comfortable. Hey Andy, you, you you talked about when you spoke with Georgia, talking to them about the, the the weekly battles. I've heard you use the word grind already a couple of times. I, I did a basketball game recently where a team was coming off a really bad loss, and the coach was talking to them the next day about it's supposed to be hard. Like li- life's hard. Win- winning the game is hard. I think a lot of people run from hard. I use that actually to talking about that team within the broadcast. People run from hard. Uh, it's not always easy in life. It's not always easy in our faith. Can you kind of talk about what you've learned from sports in that it's going to be hard, just like our pursuit of our daily walk? I'd like to get your perspective on that. Yeah, Jim, I mean, you're you're dead on. And I mean, you know, what, what's crazy is it's human nature, like you just said. We don't, we don't want it to be a grind. We don't want it to be hard. And even like after walking through probably 12, 13, 14 years of my career, I can remember speaking with guys in the Yankees organization when, you know, you, you just are, are beat up, you're tired and you're like, why does every game do I have to have two and three base runners on base every inning? You know, like <laughs> I don't want it to be like that. Right. Like, you, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. When I was, you know, I mean, I'm 37, 38, maybe. And they bring CC Sabathia in and he's just dominating games. Right. I mean, CC might be striking out 12 and I'm striking out two to three batters a game. And, and it's like, you're just grinding through them. And I mean, I'm like, you know, you'll watch him, you'll watch AJ pitch at times. And then, you know, you start bringing these big arms in and, and I'm like, well, why can't I have an easy game like them, you know? And I mean, I you literally, it's human nature, you know, to start looking around and being like, this is just too hard, you know? But the biggest thing is, and, and you always have to remind yourself, and even after all the years that I played, I would have to have people remind me, enjoy the grind, you know? If you can learn to love the grind, um, I, I mean, and expect. When I started going out every fifth day knowing 
I was expecting that this is going to be a battle and mentally being ready for it, you know, and literally got to the place, which is kind of sick. It really is that I, you get to the place to where you really do love it. I, I loved it in my training. I loved it when I, when I took the mound, you know, I, I ended up loving working and really and truly being retired and now being out of the game for nine years. I, that, that's what I really miss more than anything is obviously the relationships you build with your teammates, but just the, the whole just grind and the push and the each every day trying to get better. Um, you know, that that's that's what kind of kept kept me going, especially late in my career. How does that how does that carry over to our walk with God? Andy, how does that perseverance, that grind, that embracing hard? How, how do you think that carries over in that area? You know, for me, I, and, and, you know, I, I don't want to say that I've got this figured out, okay. but I, life's hard. I mean, there's so many things that get thrown at you at, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, from family issues, from friend issues, from, uh, you know, just just worldly, you know, things that are going on, you know? The kids, exactly. Yeah, it's a huge thing. I mean, you know, my kids are older now. I've got one more as a senior in the house. And so, you know, you feel like you kind of get to a place where you, you've raised your kids, but there's still a lot that goes on with that. You know, start, I, got, I got grandbabies now and stuff. So there's so much stuff. There's so many different dynamics. And, you know, I just kind of come to the place to where I just know that, man, God's in control, you know. And this is constantly, as long as we're here on this earth, it's constantly going to be this battle between, you know, the flesh uh, and the holiness that we want to have. We're kind of walking through Romans right now uh, in our church. And I, I just kind of think about that, you know, just and and it's just it, it's a it's a battle. And, and even in our Christian walk, it's the same way. It, it's a daily grind. But, you know, I just always look back and I know that, you know, man, Jesus has got me. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I know that. And, and he's got me right in the palm of his hand and things that are, I'm walking through the things that my family's walking through. These aren't accidents, you know, he, he, he knows it. And I believe that he's always trying to mold us and shape us into the person that he wants us to be, you know? And so that's, you know, that's kind of the way I look at it. Uh, that's the perspective that I kind of have on it. And, um, you know, that's kind of what I try to share, you know, as a belief. I just want to interrupt us for a second to remind everyone that our Coach Me Up podcast is powered by our friends at One Country. Go to onecountry.com, check out what they're doing. They have a fantastic giveaway each month, and they are phenomenal at when you get, you give. They have a huge heart for giving to others. So jump in there, become a member of their team as well. Those are my friends here in Northwest Arkansas, and this podcast isn't possible without One Country. Jimmy, I, I uh, like kind of what Andy's saying. I, I could go back and I could take you through the twists and turns of my career and tell you a million things. And but the one thing, there's many things that I would say that yeah, you know, like I think we'd all agree. If you could do it all over again, you wish this would have happened. Maybe I'd have done this. Maybe I'd have done that. One thing I'm so blessed to have played on those Astros teams with so many influential people. Uh, it certainly wasn't the scenario selfishly, individually, that was best for me. But as now as, you know, somebody far removed from my career, I'm so grateful to have played with so many different types of special people. And Andy is at the top of that list. And I quote him all the time. 
just a couple couple things on Andy that I'll never forget. In 04, his first year with the Astros, Jimmy, they had to take him off the mound because he was throwing 80. <laughs> and, and he had been nursing an elbow injury for like, how long, Pat? Two, three, actually years, right? Yeah. But like, finally his elbow got to, and he literally wouldn't take himself out of the game, Jimmy. And he was getting outs. Like he was out there, it was in Milwaukee, wasn't it, Andy? It was New You're York. Out there. It was, you were mats, in New York? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he's mats. throwing like 82, and Phil goes out to the mound like, Andy, we, we, yeah. you're obviously hurt, you know? Pet, Pet wouldn't take himself out of the game. Finally, he got, you know, his flexor, flexor was it flexor tendon or whatever flexor it was, tendon, Andy? Yeah. Yeah. The next year, we, we, we end up losing in the NLCS game seven that year, but the next year we go to the World Series. And um, so many guys on that team, Jimmy, so many guys on that team, all his accolades, most wins in postseason history, all these World Series championships. Most of there is no amount of equity you can earn in a locker room Absolutely. when you show that kind of toughness. And there we talk about mental toughness a lot. Sometimes that's easy to see, sometimes that's harder to see. But there's a physical toughness too associated with walking with the Lord that I think Andy displayed that was uh easy for men to follow. It was like, wow, what's inside of him is different. The fact that he's not bowing out of this. They had to literally rip him off the mound. Uh, the other thing, Andy, I was quoting you the other day. I did the playoff series between the Mets and the Padres. And I was quoting you the other day. I used to say, if you gave up two in a postseason game, you expected a no decision. And if you gave up three, <laughs> you expected a loss. Now, think about that, Jimmy. I, I made the mistake one time of saying to Andy, man, it must have been nice playing with all those Yankees teams. And he looked at me like... Dude, as great as we were, I'm just telling you, if I gave up two in the postseason game, I expected no decision. Wow. If I gave up three, I expected a loss. And as I watch the postseason games, Andy, I'm always reminded of that, of what a grind it was. So here's my question. Your faith, I know, because we've had a lot of these conversations, had a big part in your ability to perform in the biggest moments. And pitching for the Yankees, in those moments, there you could argue that's as great a pressure as there is in sports. How did your faith allow you to handle that so well? I knew, like I told you said earlier, I, I knew that you know God was in control of my life. God had me. I, I, I felt like I was a winner, uh, you know, no matter what, because I had accepted Jesus and I was going to spend eternity with Him, right? And so, and then He just gave me the 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 peace as far as to be able to have the calmness right I, I mean just I, I I can't tell you how many times that I would go out there and when I felt the anxiety get too high when I felt like my heart was just racing too fast and just beating too fast and I had experienced it right as a young player because I had so many opportunities and I knew kind of when it was coming on and how this game can get away from you. And for me, I, I literally would just be out there on the mound a lot of times and just bow my head and say, Lord, help me, you know, help me to relax right now. You know, only you can give me the peace that I need to be able to get through this, you know. In 1996, when I pitched, you know, game one against Atlanta Braves at home, the World Series, I got knocked out in the, the third inning. I couldn't even tell you, couldn't even remember what had happened. I couldn't even remember the pitches that I had thrown, right? Like, I was just like, how did this happen so fast? And then to go and pitch game five in Atlanta, the last game ever played at, at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. The crowd was just going crazy from the time I walked out of the dugout to go get loose. And it was like, at that moment, man, it just helped me for the rest of my career. I was like, Lord, I mean, literally shaking out there in the bullpen trying to get loose for that game. Lord, you know, God, I can't do this without you. 
Like you have got to calm me and, and help me to be able to slow things down and focus. And really, truly, that's kind of, you know, just kind of how I learned how to do it, you know, from really from the failures uh, of and the opportunities. And I had so many opportunities uh, early in my career and, 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 and failed, you know, um, and, and, and so that was, you know, I just always felt like God was just really present with me as I walked through, you know, my journeys and through my struggles and through my successes out there on the baseball field. And he was just a huge part of, of how I was able to handle things. That's for sure. And uh, as I listen to you and uh, just the, the 10 minutes getting ready for this podcast, I get, I got an in, some insight of how you're wired and who you are. Uh, you, you were in the world as much as anyone could be in the world. I mean, you're, you're in New York City with the Yankees, with dudes all around you and stuff all around you and pulling at you. And you are, you are in the world as much as any pro athlete could be in the world. But you're not of the world. I want you to speak about how you kept that perspective, how you, how you handled those 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 moments, the 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 bigness of understanding it's not about me. I, I don't I don't see anything in your life that tells me this is about Andy Pettit. It's it's not about you. How, how did you keep that balance? How did you keep that in perspective? What a challenge that had to be. Yeah, you know, I, I really don't know how to explain it other than you know I, I was saved when I was eleven years old, and you know I, I married a preacher's daughter. You know, okay. and, and so. At a young age, I was in the ministry. Um, not at you know, eleven, though, right? Y'all not, no, at no, not at, no, not at eleven. Not at eleven. <laughs> he asked her at eleven. They got married at 12. yeah, right. It, it was close, right? I it mean, was we close. Got, it was close. It was I was twenty and she was eighteen. So there you go. Uh, just just for the she, audience, just making sure that everybody yeah, yeah. That. So <laughs> I mean, I met Laura when I was fifteen years old, right? So I got saved at eleven. Met my my wife now whenever I was fifteen, um, and just. You know, so church ministry has always been kind of in the forefront. And, uh-huh. and, and you know, I, I believe from an early age, you know, I wanted to always take a stand for Christ, you know. And so I, I, I just I felt like God was preparing me for getting to the big leagues and preparing me for what I was going to walk through in New York, you know. And I think that my, having my family, my wife with me, just really, really helped me with that. Um, But I, the biggest thing is I just, I I knew that, you know, I was a child of God and I wanted, we were called to be different. We're called to look different, you know, than than the world. And it, it was, it was, it was a little difficult. I would have to say, I guess, you know, first year in the big leagues and, you know, minor leagues, you know, when Laura wasn't with me, you know, a lot of hotel rooms at night by yourself and, you know, guys are wanting to run and go do crazy things. And, and, you know, I just, I I just was, I just, God just kind of always allowed me to say no and, and and to not put myself, I didn't want to put myself in bad spots. Uh, So a lot of teammates do that. And I never wanted my wife to lose faith in me or to lose trust in me, I also saw a lot of that as I walked through the minor leagues and early in my big league career when guys would kind of screw up on that end. And so, you know, I, I, I just 
I wanted my kids. I wanted to leave a legacy for my kids where they saw a man that loved their their mom and 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 loved the Lord more than anything and always wanted to try to honor, you know, Jesus with any accolades that I've got and just always know that, you know, um, I wanted to show great humility in, in the success that I had. And I knew that the talents that I'd had and the ability to do what I did at the major league level wasn't nothing about Andy Pettit. Um, I, I do believe I worked extremely hard. God gave me some talent and, and God gave me a heart to, 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 you know, and uh, the makeup to, to be a grinder, I think, and to, to mentally be able to get through a lot of stuff whenever I was obviously a lot shorter on talent than a lot of the people that were around me. I didn't throw as hard as most guys. Uh, I had to use my mind. I had to be smart out there on the mound. And, you know, obviously, thank the Lord, I had one of the best pickoff moves in, in, in the league to be able to get out of, you know, to be able to get some outs here and there during the course of my career. It was always a huge help for me. Um, but, you know, I, I don't even know. I feel like I kind of rambled along a little bit. No, not but at Just all. to answer that question. You know, I just think that it was just a process that that, yep. that God just kind of, you know, just always allowed me to. It was I was good with being alone. I was good mm. at standing oh, on my great. own. Mm-hmm. I was good with if nobody else wanted to come to Bible study or if anybody else didn't want to come to chapel. I, I mean, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to follow Jesus and and you know it, man. It, you, it prepares you at at a young age to an age to whenever I lost both my in-laws on the same day to COVID two years ago, you know, and it's just like, you know, why in the world does this happen? You know? And and it's like, I'm still going to follow Jesus. Right. I mean, God's got a plan behind it. And for some reason he took both of them on the same day. And, and, you know, it's not anything that you ever want to walk through or deal with, but, we're going to deal with it. We're going to be faithful. We're going to talk about how good God is, you know? I, I, I'm glad you kept, I'm so going to jump back in there, Chris. I'm glad you kept talking because I, I, that statement you just made, I'm good at being alone, is as impactful as any statement we've had on our podcast. Men are going to, that's going to hit a lot of people right in the nose. As famous as you are, Andy, you're you're as famous of a baseball player that, that we have had in the game uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I get the feeling you're famous in your home with your wife and your kids from how you've lived your life. Well, I hope so. Explain, <laughs> no, but I, I, I know you are. I know you are. What's more important, the New York Yankees, World Series fame, or just for all of us, are you famous in your home? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I we know the be, answer, but I want to hear yeah, you talk about it. I mean, I want to be famous in my home. I want to leave a legacy to my kids. I got three boys. I got a daughter. Right. I, I want yeah. I want my wife to know uh, that that I love her more than anything else, uh, other than my relationship with Jesus Christ. And and it's not easy. I mean, that that I'd be lying if I sat here and said this to you. It's not easy. It's not easy for our wives as our sports athletes to walk through the life that they they had to walk through. You know. So I think it's very important that that we earn their trust and we let them know that you know honey you're more important to me than than this sport you know and and really and truly the 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 you know i i retired to be home with my family i I retired a year two years earlier in 2011 i retired because really and truly i retired because i felt like god was telling me i needed to retire and you need to go home and make sure that you've raised your boys and and my wife did an unbelievable job with me being gone so long but 
I retired because I felt like that I needed to see if my boys were, have been raised to be the men that I want them to be, you know? And, and I was able to go home for a year and I saw my oldest son, Josh and Jared, they were obviously up in age a little bit and to be able to see the way that they were handling themselves and the way that they were living their lives. And I was so blessed and so thankful for the the way that they've lived their lives. And it allowed me to be able, when the Yankees, you know, called me a year later and said, would you consider coming back? I went back and played for two more years, you know, and then ultimately retired. Obviously I was, I think I was 41 years old, but it was just time. It was time, you know, Laura was ready for me to be home. Um, it had been such a long, you know, grind, a uh, lot, a lot of time away from each other, especially at the kids being at the age that they were, they weren't traveling up to New York as, as much as they were before. And so, you know, it's so important for me to have a relationship with my kids and that they know that I'm there for them. And I wanted them to, you know, always want them to see the, you know, hopefully see uh, a father uh, and a husband and, and someone that, you know, was leading them in the direction of Jesus, no matter, you know, what, what's going on in our lives. Well, as somebody that's had a front row seat to that, I will tell you, Jimmy, his, his children have a humility and a sweetness and a genuineness that is, has been caught as much as it's been taught. Right. And, uh, because their, their mom and dad model that well. And, uh, I certainly can vouch for that. You know, Andy, you said something that Jimmy just said was as impactful as anything that we've had on the podcast, that you were good with being alone. But one thing that I will will tell you, Jimmy, and to our listeners is, as somebody that shared a locker room with this man, he's not a loner. Uh, we, Andy and I have played with loners. Like, there, you know, there's dudes that put right. earbuds in and put turn their back to the locker room yep. uh, and couldn't care less about making a single relationship. Uh, that's not Andy. Andy is is a is a fabric of a locker room. Andy is as sought after to hang out with as anybody in a locker room. But he has very clear standards as to what he is going to do and what he isn't going to do. Right? Andy come. I mean, me, Lance, and Andy were kind of three amigos. Like we 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 loved being in the mix. We loved talking trash, talking sports, playing golf fantasy football drafts, even though we didn't actually play, we like to make fun of everybody else's teams. Like <laughs> we had no problem being in the mix. Andy had no problem being in the mix, but there was, it was very clear where, where he wasn't going to go and Absolutely. what he wasn't going to do. Uh, and, and so coach us up, Andy, coach us up on the men, women too, that are listening to this podcast that love the Lord, but also are in a business and a company in a group setting, maybe coaching a team, maybe part of some sort of group where could be a member of a country club, whatever, where they, they, they don't want to be, they don't, they want to be set apart from decision-making, but they want to be in the mix for the purposes of showing love and building community. Um, how do you balance the two? Yeah. So just on, on what I said and, and Chris, man, what a, what a team we had, right. As far as with the Astros, as far as being alone, I, I guess what Jimmy, on, when I said that, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of years in the minors, you know, where you didn't have a lot of Christian believers, right. A yep, lot of Christian yep. brothers that were, you were able to run with. And of course I was always, I, I was Chris. I mean, you know, I was in the mix, no matter what teams I was on, I was going to build relationships and, and that is how, you know, I felt like that, you know, I was very impactful on, on teams. And so, um, but yeah, on your, on your point, Chris, you know, uh, you know, I, I guess it's just, it's back to what we were kind of talking about earlier. It's the confidence of just, 
of being very secure with who I am in Jesus Christ, right? And and being very secure that uh, I'm going to live my life a certain way. I'm not going to be impacted or influenced by how someone else wants to to talk to me or how they want to do things or what they want to say, or if they want to make comments about me being a Christian or me inviting people to chapel and, and, and you know, and, and stuff like that, or me being a hypocrite or whatever. It's like, you know, that, you know, some, some daggers are going to come at you, but you're, you're not afraid of them. Right. And so I, I just had a lot of confidence always. And, and, and I wanted to show that, you know, if I went out to meals with guys on the team, hey, fellas, can I bless this food for us? You know, it's just an acknowledgement of that, man, I'm I'm a child of Christ and 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 I'm I've got a lot of confidence in in him and in my relationship with him. And if it plants a little bit of a seed in somebody, uh, you know, that, that I'm with that night or whatever and says, man, you know, there's a little something different about him or whatever, it would always give me an opportunity when you get by yourself with one-on-one with guys where guys will get interested and want to ask you questions about your faith and might even start asking you to pray for them with, you know, or, or talking about things that, that dudes deal with, right. That we all walk through as, as, as men. And, and it gave me a great opportunity, a great chance to be able to use baseball. I looked at it as my ministry, you know, to be able to share uh, Christ with others. And so, you know, that was, that was kind of how, you know, I kind of walked through it, man. I, I didn't dodge guys. I didn't want to be around, you know, didn't, if I didn't think you were a Christian, I didn't want to not be around you. I felt like I built, built relationships with every single uh, guys on the team if I could. And, and, I, and I wanted to do that. And that was kind of my goal for sure. It's exactly what Jesus did. That's, that's exactly how he, how he lived his life. I, man, I, I so appreciate your transparency uh, and your, how do we point people to Jesus if we don't spend time around them? How do they know there's something different about Andy or Chris if we're not around them? You know, and uh, I, I I think men are going to and our listeners overall are going to be very encouraged, Andy, by your stance, your confidence in in who you are as a child of God. And we are to be different. We we are to be different. And the, the God's written word right here is it's, it's very clear about how we are to stand out and and live our life and point people to to just a different way, a, a different way of life. So, man, I, I really appreciate your transparency. Berkey has told me for a couple of months now how, how great of a dude you are. And it comes through, even in a, in a recorded Zoom call like this, you get a feel for someone's heart, you get a feel for someone's humility, you get a feel for how someone handles a little bit of adversity. Uh, and it's obvious that Jesus... Uh, is complete control of your heart. And I'm not saying you're perfect. None of us are. But, man, what an example and encouragement you have been. You know, one, one thing I'll say, Jimmy, and this is an encouragement to men everywhere, uh, very few things are teed up to have the intimacy of of a Major League Baseball clubhouse, if you use it for that, right? Because you're just together so much yeah, every yeah. single day on the road, you know, before the game, after the game. But I, what I would say is, is that as a, Andy and I lived together one spring training. That's where we really got close. And the benefit of a Paul and a Timothy kind of relationship where you have somebody who's ahead in the faith, somebody who's younger in the faith, and somebody who's ahead in the faith using their 
position to to influence and to speak truth into somebody who desires to to grow is so impactful. And so what I would share with the men while Andy's on here, maybe Andy, you can finish with this. Andy tackled tough subjects with me. And I, I'll give myself a little bit of credit. I wasn't afraid to ask, but I'll never forget a conversation we had about tithing one day that as a young man making a little bit of money really impacted me. And this is a little bit uh, unique for this podcast, Andy, but I'm just going to tee you up on this. Men, and Jimmy, I think you would agree with this. You've probably been in tons of men's groups. They talk about lust. They talk about uh, business struggles. They talk about family struggles, pride. Men don't often talk about tithing. Mm-mm. This is not a small group conversation that happens a lot. And I'm so <laughs> grateful that Andy was very – so, um, Andy, give give the men that are listening specifically, women too, just a, just a, a closing thought on the importance of, of intimate relationships that allow us to grow and making sure that we're investing in a few. It's one thing – you know, Ronnie Cordray, you know, Andy, he said you can impress from afar – but you can only influence from up close and personal. I'm so grateful that I was influenced by Andy. And Andy, I just kind of give you the floor to, to speak into that. Chris, I believe that God, right, puts people in our lives, you know, puts us in situations uh, to try to make an impact, right? To try to influence uh, people towards the kingdom. And, and you know, what, what, a, what an unbelievable, you know, what a, what you talk about that spring training and how fun i mean for me to be able to be on you know have you in the house and ask questions and and you be able to see you know me live my life with my family uh and and just you know you saw that firsthand right and so i i just believe that we're always <clears throat> we always should be looking we should have our eyes up and looking around for the people that God has put in our paths to try to influence and to lead and maybe to help grow, um, you know, help them grow in their relationship with Jesus. And it's been inspiring for me, Chris, just to brag on you a little bit, to be able to see from how, what, what a young man you were, uh, not married, to be able to see you and, and walk, watch you walk through your life and the way you've grown in your faith. And, and I mean, man, God's just done great things with you. And so, um, you know, when I think back on that, our relationship and, and just how that's come out, it's just God, God gives those, you know, gives us those relationships, man. And, and me and you will have a bond, uh, until the day we die, you know, from, from the way we've grown and, and obviously because we're Christian brothers and, and we are brothers in Christ and, and we're family, man. And so, I mean, that's literally, you know, the way I look at it. So I would just encourage people to always have your eyes open uh, for an opportunity to share Jesus and to impact someone, uh, whether they're younger than you, whether they're older than you, but we've got one time, uh, in, in this life, you know, I, I use the you know, quote from Herm Edwards it said, your life is not a dress rehearsal. You know, we got one time at this deal and we need to be very mindful of that and, and thoughtful of that and calculated on, on how we want to leverage, um, our, our faith, um, the best way that we can to impact, uh, others around us. But, but you're right. I mean, there's nothing better than the intimacy of a clubhouse and having guys around you. And if people are, you know, most people are probably watching this for sports people and stuff like that. And, you know, you're, you'll be spending so much time with your teammates and, and, you know, 
get your eyes off yourself, right? I mean, in today's society, almost everyone, right? It's like, what can you do for me, 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 me? You know, we're called to keep our eyes off ourselves, look to serve others, look to impact others and love on others. And, and man, that's the way God wants us to do it. And, and I feel like you're going to live a great life if you're doing that in a peaceful mm. life and one uh, that that's going to be very gratifying. Uh, that's for sure. Well said. Thank you, brother. Appreciate your time. Thanks for coaching us up, man. Very well done. You bet. Enjoyed being with you guys today. Wow, Chris, you were right. What the humility mm. of a superstar is it's uncommon. And uh man, what a guy with so much wisdom. We could have been kept going on and on with mm. him, just uh how he's lived his life, uh, all the lessons that he's learned, his ability to communicate it clearly. Mm. Uh, with grace and humility for others, uh, so many things that I circled while he was while he was writing with us. But a uh, couple of things I, I love that I'll say it again. Like he was good with being alone, mm. and you did a great job of clarifying that doesn't mean being standoffish and not building relationships. Right. But the enemy loves us as men, in particular, to be isolated. He doesn't want us to live a life of isolation. He wants us to be engaged with others. He wants us to be around people that help hold us accountable. He wants us in, 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 in God's house on a regular basis. He wants those relationships in our work. But he also is very clear about a line being drawn mm -hmm. about what we say no to as a follower of the way. And obviously, Andy was very good at saying no and staying out of bad spots, as, as, as how he put it. He didn't put sin on his calendar. We mm -hmm. talked about that in our last episode. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of men struggle with not being good at being alone. Uh, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I've le I have learned when I'm on the road. I'm on the road a ton. Mm. I'm in the middle of it right now. Travel mm -hmm. a ton. Yep. Uh, there are. I, I've learned how to be good at being alone. I I never turn my TV on in my room, in a hotel room, Chris. I know I, I just don't do it. Uh, I I have my phone. I have my computer. I'm watching ball. I'm watching games. I'm reading. I'm doing my job. And I'm not pulled away by having a TV on that might get my eyes on something that my eyes don't need to be mm -hmm. on. I think Andy has the same type of uh, understanding and clarity on the importance of that. Mm. Well, you got to uh, have guardrails. There's no doubt about it. And yeah, of course, yeah, absolutely. Of course, in today's world, Jimmy, I mean, you kind of dated yourself, but in today's world, you can get, in, heck, you can get in more trouble on your phone and your computer than you can get yes, on the Yeah, TV. you're right. You're right. Uh, Unless you operate a computer like me, then you can't right. do it That's right. Actually, anyways. yeah. For you, you probably <laughs> so only know how to get to me. one website, so you're probably good. But uh, no, ESPN.com. <laughs> I would just say there is a distinct difference between you know, being a loner and wanting to be alone and being okay with being alone. Yes. And, 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 and I just wanted to clarify, there is nobody that was more fun to be in a locker room with than Andy Pettit. But I as I said in our conversation, he, it, was just, it was very clear early on, he had guardrails and um, boundaries that he just wasn't going to cross. And he wasn't going to judge you if that was your deal. Um, he wasn't going to ostracize you if that was your deal. He just wasn't going to follow because he, he was very, as he's, I wrote down, he was secure in who he was. Yep. He was secure in who he was and what he believed. And that did not disqualify him from having relationships with people that believed things differently than him. But he knew what he believed and he wasn't going to um, bend that to try to fit in or be cool. And the reality is, Jimmy, and I think everybody listening to the sound of my voice would agree with this. When you're in a setting, a competitive setting, I don't care if that's work, 
or sports. Cool are dudes that get their job done really well. That's that's cool, right? That's like cool. When, yeah. when when you're in the New York Yankees clubhouse and Andy Pettit runs out there and gets you 19 postseason wins, that's yep. cool. No matter what he does on Friday and Saturday night, you know what I'm saying? And yep. so he performed. I think of Colossians 3:23. When you when you work as if working for the Lord, and that's not just results on game day, but in everything he did. That is cool. God's ways are best, and they're for his glory and for our good. When you work the way Andy worked, that's cool, right? And so you gain an audience that way. And then he was just a very fun-loving, likable dude that enjoyed laughing, enjoyed having a good time. And when people see that, yet then they also see a very clear, distinct manner in which he speaks, treats people, and guardrails he put in his life, uh, it's very attractive. And, uh, you know, in, in Matthew 5, 13, Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth. Um, and you're the, in 14, he says, you're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And Andy Pettit, such a bright light, he couldn't hide it. And no. he didn't try to hide it, but he also didn't try to throw it in anybody's face. It was just right. undeniable. And I think that came across in our interview. All, all those uh qualities that I saw in Andy. I saw, uh, I hope I can remember all, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Andy Pettit, and Andy Pettit uh, didn't just study that for years and work on those daily. Uh, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, like a heart that's, that's completely sold out to Jesus that's what spins off of that relationship. And it's so true and it's so clear spending time with him. Uh, I, I loved at the end where he said, uh, get your eyes on the path that's around you and your eyes off of yourself. Because I miss on that a lot. I miss on that a lot. I, I get so caught up, especially during my season, which I'm in right now, of just making sure that I'm taking care of myself. I've got myself ready for, to do my job. And I get my eyes off of what's going on around me sometimes. And God is constantly, if we're aware of, of it and we pray about it, bringing opportunities across our path. I missed on a I missed on an opportunity on on a flight uh, Sunday night, uh, with which I wish I could go back and, and 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 do it again. But I was also very impressed and just a great reminder that I could I can just imagine Andy Pettit out there on the mound in a World Series game, and the stadium is absolutely rocking, like he talked about. And all he probably did at that time was just put his glove up to his face for just six or seven seconds and said simply, God, I need you. God, I need you. And what a great reminder that is for me going forward today, for this next week, for our listeners, that when your world gets rocking, it doesn't get any louder or any bigger, any more of a bigger moment than in a World Series. And the game's on the line. He's probably been in several bases loaded, <laughs> two outs situations. We, we all have those moments, maybe not like that. We all have those moments, how good it is just to say quietly, God, I need you right now. And I know you know me. I know your name, and I'm just calling on you right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's, man, I, I, that the power of the simplicity of that, Chris, mm-hmm. is really, really strong. Well, and I, I, I was, you, you said you thanked him for his transparency. What, one thing that I think is really powerful that I hope people didn't miss, and I'm, I'm certainly going to share with with my athletes that I'm fortunate enough to coach is 
he said after he got blown out in game one of the 96 World Series, he took the mound again in game five. And he's at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium and the place is rocking and he was shaking. Yeah, he he said. was so nervous and so unsettled that he was shaking. I tell, I tell our boys all the time, courage is not the absence of fear, right? It's the ability to perform in spite of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, Andy could be called the clutchest pitcher in in postseason history, but that wasn't because he wasn't scared. It wasn't because he wasn't shaking. It's because right. that even though he was scared and even though he was shaking, he found peace that surpassed that he he was able to perform despite his his nervousness and his doubts um and i think that's a great lesson sometimes we can look at somebody like andy pettit and jimmy if you if you think about it andy made famous the glove and the bill and all you could see was his eyes and if you watch as somebody that covers the college game okay that has been copied more than maybe any move ever if you watch a college pitcher really? now a ton of guys that, that he started that he made that famous where all you can see uh-huh. is his eyes it's just kind of classic and you know a generation of people grew up watching that every october sure for they did 15 years basically yeah. he was in the postseason uh on the biggest games in the biggest stages but you can easily look at that and think well that dude just doesn't blink he just that's a robot that's a Mm. it's not it's no man that's a real dude who has real concerns and real worries and real stuff going on but but despite that was able to find peace and i think that's a great message for all of us because sometimes when we feel nervousness or or doubts we think that that's yeah oh maybe something's wrong with me but really that's the time we really need to lean in right and we really need to go to the lord with with whatever it is that's causing us those unsettled moments yeah well, Lord, we thank you for the time with Andy today. Man, what a, uh, a humbling, uh, challenging message that he gave us. We thank you for how you're uh, using him in, in his life right now. And uh, Father, we pray for our listeners that you have spoken clearly to their heart about so many things today that it resonates with them, Lord. We continue to trust you and grow you more uh, in our heart and our deeper, authentic uh, walk with you. So, Lord, we thank you for our time. We, Chris, as always, we thank you for our and our sponsors, uh, OneCountry.com, they, they, they are the force behind what we're doing right now. And then our other sponsors, Blue Delta Jeans and Connexio. Uh, and again, if you're having an impact by our podcast, uh, Chris and I are. I don't know if anyone else is. I get impacted every time I'm on this thing. Uh, give, give us a subscription. Give us a rating. Give us a review. All that does is help our, our, our podcast spread and, and impact the, the kingdom uh, for others. So, CB Man, thanks for getting Andy Pettit on. Man, you, you, you've done well with your assignments to get us a guest. Well, great, grateful <laughs> that the world gets a glimpse of the man that I was fortunate enough to be sharpened by. What, what a blessing. All right, until next time, have a good one.